We have an emergency, my lord, he pressed from the other side of the door. Damn it all. He was going to have to get up and see what Fillmore wanted. Between lost literary references and intrusive servants, this could be going better. Merrick pushed to his feet, shirt tails loose. He placed a gallant kiss on the hand of each twin. A moment, mes amours. He purposely strode across the floor and pulled open the door just a fraction. Fillmore knew what he was doing in here, of course, and Fillmore probably even knew why. But that didn't mean Merrick wanted him to witness it firsthand. If he thought too much about it, the whole scenario was a bit lowering. He was broke and trading the one thing he did better than anything else for the one thing he needed more than anything else. Sex for money. Not that anyone else realized it. Yes, Fillmore. Merrick managed a supercilious arch of his eyebrow. What is our emergency? Fillmore wasn't the normal manservant. The arched eyebrow affected him as much as the Milton-esque reference had affected Twin not so smart. Fillmore puffed himself up and said, The emergency, my lord, is your father. Fillmore, you are aware, I believe, that I prefer my problems to be shared. Yes, my lord, as you say, our emergency. Well, out with it. What has happened? Fillmore passed him a white sheet of paper already unfolded. Merrick had another go at the arched eyebrow. You might as well tell me. Clearly, you've already read the message. Really, Fillmore ought to show at least some slight remorse over reading someone else's post. Not that it wasn't a useful trait on occasion, just not a very genteel one. He's coming to town. He'll be here the day after next. Fillmore summarised, with guiltless aplomb. Every part of Merrick, not already in a state of stiffness, went hard with tension. That means he could be here as early as tomorrow afternoon. His father excelled at arriving ahead of schedule, and this was an extraordinarily premeditated act. His father meant to take him by surprise. One could only guess how far along the road his father had been before he'd finally sent word of his imminent arrival, which meant only one thing. There was going to be a reckoning. The conclusion begged the question, which rumours had sent the Marquis hot-footing it to town? Had it been the Curricle race to Richmond? Probably not. That had been weeks ago. If he'd been coming over that, he would have been here long before now. Had it been the wager over the opera singer? Admittedly, that had become more public than Merrick would have liked, but it wasn't the first time his affairs had been conducted with an audience. Does he say why? Merrick searched the short letter. It's hard to say. We've had so many occasions. Fillmore finished with an apologetic sigh. Yes, yes. I suppose it doesn't matter which episode brings him to town, only that we're not here to greet him. Merrick pushed a hand through his hair with an air of impatience. He needed to think, and then he needed to act quickly. Are we sure that's wise? Fillmore inquired. I mean, based on the last part of the letter, 
Perhaps it would be better if we stayed and were appropriately penitent. Merrick scowled. Since when have we ever adopted a posture of penitence when it comes to my father? He wasn't in the least bit intimidated by his father. Leaving town was not an act of cowardice. This was about being able to exert his own will. He would not give his father the satisfaction of knowing he controlled another of his grown sons. His father controlled everything and everyone that fell into his purvey, including Merrick's older brother, Martin, the heir. Merrick refused to be catalogued as another of his father's puppets. Since he's coming to town to cut off our allowance until we reform our ways, it's later in the note, Fillmore informed him. He'd never been the fastest of readers. Conversation was so much more entertaining. But there they...